0: Who are you? Who are you? I,
1: I, I have no idea. But um, I, I, I am in a fervour, an absolute fervour of excitement. S- so am
0: I. Chuck your phone on the floor, if you would. It's making funny noises. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. I'll,
1: I, I'm going to kill it. I'm going I'm to so kill it. It's yeah. a dead phone. Yeah. Um,
0: That's it. Um, where so, were we? Yes. Oh, yes. I was in a fervour <laughs> of excitement.
1: I was in a fervour of excitement, as, as, in fact, we all are. Everybody in the um, People's Republic is, because, of course, in Beijing now... Yeah. there is this marvellous demonstration, you can't see it, you only see it twice a year, you, you see it, um, this, it it's called synchronised voting um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like they have at the Olympics with synchronised diving, so if you watch it, and of course I'm sure the listener watches the proceedings of the MPC um, yeah. every single moment of the day, but if if you watch it carefully, you notice they have to press a button to vote yes, I don't think there's a button for no. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, But they it's funny, when they call the vote, they all sort of sit there with their little fingers poised. I'm not saying which one because that would that would spoil the whole story. Yeah. But they sit there with their little fingers poised. And then, you know, then they go, Comrades, now you you know, press the button and they all manage. It's it's quite impressive. They all manage to press the button at the same time to say yes. I think that's something that we should be proud of. You've seen and I don't think in Hong Kong it's sufficiently appreciated, as are so many other things about the
0: motherland. It's kicking off, though. You've seen that picture of all these Nazis doing the salute and on one bloke in the middle, not. <laughs> wonder what happened to him.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently he survived. Comrade Wang apparently is being
0: re-educated as we speak. I must say, Steve, I mean, we're really noticing a lot of... That stuff happening, aren't we? But
1: you know what I what I like, and and I mean, can I can I just do a shout out now for the Hong Kong delegates, all two hundred of them? They're great people. I find that they are particularly obsequious. I love, um, you know, my, my favourite uh, Rita fan, Commander of the British Empire, that is indeed a title that she holds, um, who is... Well, she always, was the same
0: to those guys then, yes, was Well, she? except
1: she's a bit even more sycophantic. I love the way that she always rushes out to the microphones, you know, because they have these, as well as the main sessions, they have these, apparently they're called breakout sessions.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Um, nice biscuits
1: the listener will know about breakouts i didn't i read about it in the newspaper so they must be true so they have these breakout sessions in which you know um they they are shuttled off to be addressed and i love the way they all sit there with little notepads and you know comrade so-and-so says something and they go and they're all sitting there busily scribbling down whatever is it and then and then out bustles rita fan to the Hong Kong media to to give them her little gloss on what's happened. And she's so enthusiastic and she's so keen to be the person with the brownest nose in the room. <laughs> she came out this week and she she got so excited about the fact that, that they're about to vote, as I think everybody knows, including the listener, yeah. um, on giving the presidency... Uh, uh, Dispensing with these unnecessary two-term limits on on the length of time the president can can remain in office, so she was so enthusiastic. She goes, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, the the thing is that you know only Xi Jinping is the person. He's the only person on the horizon who's capable of carrying forward the reforms. I'm not sure which reforms she's talking about anyway, but carrying forward the reforms that are underway at the moment. Now, Rita." Oh, dear Rita, you just don't get it. That's not the party line. The party line isn't that the the upper elements of the Communist Party are so deprived of talent that there's only one person... That's who what it, it sounds her. like, isn't well, it? Well, that's what she said. <laughs> the party line is, oh, these timely you know, they're not really relevant to the modern age. That's actually the party line. But poor old Rita, she's, she's an enthusiast. So her view is, if you flatter the boss, you can never go wrong. Mm. But Rita, can I just say this? And I want to say this quite sternly. Adhere to the party line. I think that's the message that goes out to you today from
0: Morning Brew. He told me a great story just before we went on the air, which does illustrate a lot of stuff. Just repeat that, if you would.
1: So this is a story about um, the uh, period after um, Joseph Stalin died in the Soviet Union. And Khrushchev, who was then the, the General Secretary of the Communist Party, went round the country to meetings of, of senior cadres explaining why they had... Um, denounce Stalin and why they had revealed his crimes and in the middle of his peroration he said something to well of course comrades we all knew what was going on at the time and a voice from the back goes so why didn't you say anything Khrushchev pauses he goes who said that
0: absolute silence he says Now you know. See, there is a a QE of the D. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know where we're going with this, Steve, and I want to give a first shout-out here to Pete Lee, who writes in, quote of the week for me was from Peter Wong, NPC deputy from Hong Kong. Yes. Pete says, speaking on RTHK, I believe it was on on, um, Backchat, regarding the removal of the two-term limit for the Chinese president, Peter Wong referred to the fact that there was also a supervisory committee and this meant that the proposal, soon to be rubber-stamped, would mean a more enhanced democratic system. And Pete concludes the pandems in Hong Kong have no chance. Yeah, yeah, eat your hearts out.
1: But I'm... I'm
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of inclined. You know, the battle
1: for being the sycophant of the week is intense up there. And I want to give the the award to somebody else. It's Mr. Shi Tak Chung. Now, Shi Tak Chung, who... I'm very sure the listener hasn't heard of, he's a businessman, is one of those 200 delegates. And he came up with the bright idea of, because he knows that this is something that resonates up there, he came up with the bright idea of we've really got to start decolonizing street names in, uh, in Hong Kong. So I've been obviously, you know, <laughs> I, I like to help. Yeah. So I, I've, I've obviously been giving this some thought, and I, I think he's right. You know, he's answering something. I think Victoria Park should be renamed as Liberation Park. Yeah, do you think good. that would do? Oh, come
0: on, help us out here. Just, Qu- t- Queens Road,
1: I think, might become Anti Imperialism Boulevard. <laughs> I think that would that would be good. I think I like the idea though yeah. of Statute Square. Very bad Statute Square because it commemorates, among other things, the people who died defending british imperialism mm-hmm. so statue S- square i think should be renamed as tiananmen square junior light <laughs> <laughs> no, tiananmen square, like. well you know we're having in the west kowloon um cultural district we're going to have over there we're going to have um the, the palace museum light or the palace museum
0: junior yeah. so i think statue square i think the time has come tiananmen that is your name somebody chucked in an extra p- P.S. to this one that in 20 bloody bloody blah all of this hoo-ha about which side of the road peoples are going to drive on the bridge <laughs> to nowhere will be resolved because we'll all be on the other side yes. of the road now i don't see that that cannot be a can it Yes, I think. I mean, you know, the, 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 this... Blimey, this eh? this But what I like about years. the Hong Kong delegates <laughs> is
1: they sit there in their little rooms, overheated, because it's quite chilly up there in Beijing at the moment, but they, they do get warm accommodation. And, they, and instead, <laughs> they get three meals a day. Yeah. It's all part of the package. So they sit there in their rooms. They think, what can I come up with that will make the bosses think that I'm a greater comrade than, you know... History's him, not been kind to
0: this type of person, by the way, has it? Well... This type of person, you know exactly what i'm talking about i know about.
1: exactly what you're talking it hasn't it hasn't i mean in hong kong it has been very kind i mean you look you look at the Hong Kong elite. The Hong Kong elite, of course, to a man, we're mainly talking about men, but women are included, to a man, were staunch supporters of the British colonial regime. During the Japanese occupation, we're not supposed to remember this, but they were staunch supporters of the Japanese occupation. And then come 1997, we find that they were all staunch supporters of the Communist Party. And it's all the same people. I mean, give or take. Uh, some of them are older than others. Some of them were quite young at the time of the Japanese occupation, so it doesn't really matter. But the fact of the matter is... And, you know, I take Rita Fan as one of my favourite examples of this, commander of the British Empire. Obviously, incidentally, to be that, she also had to be a British citizen. So, you know, I mean, it's all very interesting. Yeah. Now the loyalists are the only Hong Kong member of the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress.
0: Don't say that before breakfast. See, these people... I say history's not been kind to them, but they've been viewed as chameleons. They'll go for the main chance. And back to your thing about Stalin, when he died, he had his people like that, boom, bang. Well, they, were, they didn't all die. No, they no, didn't all, the but a I lot mean, did.
1: Khrushchev is an interesting case in point. I mean, Khrushchev w- was a major figure in the Stalin regime and managed to survive. Now, his chief of police, the notorious um, Levetny Bira, Bira. Um, he, of course... Perish, mind you, there wasn't. He had a single, that coming to him, though, for a, a long, long time. <laughs> in the Soviet Union, who loved him, but I mean, it is interesting. Because, I mean, he was he was literally the executioner. I think some of them were done by him personally. Um,
0: so you know, it wasn't oh, oh, hard oh, to build up a few enemies. There. I mean, there was there was hundreds of allegations of things like rape, and I mean, the guy, oh, had, were, the guy were, had it coming there, to him. There were, there <laughs> were it, <laughs> but anyway,
1: not as nice as he looked. He was about two foot high, incidentally. He the people, in, yeah,
0: the people in the gray zone, the people who will change like the weather vane it's not a good place to be in the big picture well you'd hope <laughs> you're an optimist I,
1: I come i sometimes feel that that these chameleons because their only real skill in life is chameleonism if there is, chameleonism, <laughs> is now um is is that and they're quite good at it you know they'll shed one skin overnight and and and, and swear blind that they never wore the other skin on tuesday so, I, I don't know. I, I, That's one thing I love about the, the Hong Kong elite, is they're just totally shameless. Whenever there's a change, they'll always go, I, I supported that all along. Hmm. Like, British colonialism, I never, never had any truck with it. Well, all right, I'm a commander of the British Empire, but other than that, I had no truck with it whatsoever.
0: Yeah. We're, see, we're seeing a lot of the first... Hong Kong chief executive, really waving the flag these days. And it's quite funny on social media. I mean, he's going up to 11 at the moment, and people are saying, ah, silly old Duffer, he's mad.
1: You're talking about Tung Chee Hwa. I am, actually. Ah, yes. Well, uh, I, was, I was very pleased to see him at the top table with, with that other very popular Hong Kong figure, Lan Chong ying Isn't it interesting? The people who are at the top table... And there aren't many of them from Hong Kong, but, there but they're are allowed a few. there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and depends okay. where they sit yeah, and all oh, that oh, well sit, oh my god, there, there's nothing like uh, an egalitarian communist party for status. <laughs> you look at those seating plans. I tell you, they're not done on a wet Wednesday. They're done on a whole year of wet Wednesdays, and it's so it's so carefully orchestrated. Who sits where? Not only when they're there to press the buttons, because that's very important. Don't ever underestimate pressing buttons. Not only they Uh, are they there to press the, the, um, what do you call it, button, the yes button. But they they also have these enormously complex seating plans because they go to these meetings, you know, these lovely informal meetings where they're ushered into a drafty room and they all Mm. sit around in a circle and the boss sits in the middle and sort of harangues them for half an hour. And those seating plans are also carefully choreographed, you know, to the ninth degree. So, and then where do they sit when they go to banquets? Because they have loads of banquets while they're at. Yet again, more careful choreography. I tell you, if you're a table planner, you've got a great future
0: in Beijing. Wasn't there a big hoo-ha? Cause one of the, the last one that CY Leung went to, he'd been moved somewhere else, and they more or less put him in a high chair down the end of the table, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs>
1: He didn't have to wear a bib. That was good. That was good. <laughs> so no, it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, in in, in a system which is as opaque as, as the Communist Party dictatorship is, it's very hard to really know what's going on. Hmm. So you you can only look at these external signals, you know, who sits where, who's allowed to speak for more than one nanosecond. It's, it's absolutely gripping.
0: To Richard, who says we well, talking about Steve was talking about changing street names before and very quickly to
1: rid us of the to rid us of the ghastly yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Richard says Malaysia did it widely, such as Jalan Campbell becoming Jalan Danwangi in Kuala Lumpur, but not until twenty years after independence. He says it would be no surprise.
1: Oh, how far are we from the handover? Would that be yeah, twenty yeah. years?
0: <laughs> anyway. It, how significant is that, though,
1: Steve? I mean, I want it- this building instantly <laughs> to be called Central People's Broadcasting House.
0: That's my. Uh, <laughs> well, that's have to my think aim. About that's this, my <laughs> <laughs> aim. <laughs> this is this is brilliant. Broadcast, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, moving on. What well, do you want?
1: moving on. Moving on. Um, so, a couple of things are happening. Well, cu- one thing is happening, and, and another thing is happening on Sunday. Mm. What's happening on Sunday for all you lazy people who haven't been bothered to? to register this, Hmm. is
0: there's by-elections. Or by-by-elections for the Democrats.
1: Uh, Well, it could well be. Let's see what happens. I mean, it's very interesting that in these by-elections, the coverage has been staggeringly minimal no public opinion polls. I think the problem with public opinion polls is that when you have a direct contest between the pro Democrats and the pro government camp, pro Democrats always win. So you, it's very hard for all the usual suspects to publish those opinion polls because yeah. they, they, you know, they don't, they don't follow the line. Anyway, anyway, but, but, but the point is that I think that there is a bit of desperation setting in the pro government camp. So they've all latched on to the budget. The budget incidentally that they 're all going to vote for let 's not and forget pass. this and pass, and have in the finance committee made provisions to ensure there 's minimal discussion of it, but they do realize that the budget is unpopular with the great wash. that would be you and me mm-hmm. and uh, so you. that well me okay <laughs> <laughs> well, I washed last week, regardless of need um, but but other than that, where were we oh the budget that 's right, so what they are doing, because they know that, that after Sunday, everybody will forget what they've said. So they're all coming up with... Um, um, Regina Ip has been leading the the crowd. Regina Ip, incidentally, member of Exco. So she must have sat in Exco approving this budget, which she's now bitterly criticising for not... But it's like your thing about the fingers on the bus. Exactly. <laughs> for not giving out enough handouts. Now, I... It, As it so happens, I'm not in favour of one-off handouts. I think they're a deplorable way of organising the public finances. I am indeed in favour of longer-term planning for giving money back to people who need it. That the, be, the man
0: with the bowl of rice. If the you man give with him, the bowl of rice. The, 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 da, da, da. the one in
1: five people yeah. who are uh, living below the poverty line. I'm all in favour of proper, respectable, long-standing programmes to alleviate poverty. Yeah. But I'm not in favour of what they're talking about because they know, or at least they think they know, that they can appeal to voters by jumping up and down and going, well, oh, if I'd have been the uh, financial secretary, I'd have given, you know, $6,000 $6, to everybody in the street. Hmm. Well, you know, free money... It's a shameless political ploy because these are the people. Let's absolutely not forget it. And remember, after Sunday, when the election's out the way, they'll be sitting in the Finance Committee going, I don't know why the Democrats are are obstructing the budget. It's very, very bad, very, very bad. Let's just pass it. Everybody in favour? Right, good, passed. So, But at the moment, at the moment, they're on the back foot. Or, Or maybe they're not. They just think they're on the back foot. I don't know. We have no real evidence as to how this election is going to go, even though it's very close. As I say, there hasn't been a single opinion poll, so we have no way of judging whether they are behind or they are in front. What is greatly feared is that turnout will be very low because there's been, as I say, so little publicity. And remember, every single constituency in Hong Kong, which means every voter in Hong Kong, uh, is involved in these elections because they're, they're they're the result of the disqualifications of legislators in each constituency. Plus, there's the um, if you're an architect or a town planner or a landscaper, even landscapers have a vote. You know, I don't, but a landscaper has a vote. Mm-hmm. They can they can go out and vote in that constituency. So you know, there's a total of six by-elections underway on Sunday. And this shameless, shameless attempt by people like Regina, in fact, she even says, well, <laughs> as a member of the
0: monster raving loony
1: party and Exco, maybe they're the same thing. I'm not sure. No, I think they're de- different. Um, she would have to vote for the budget in the chamber. But she has another colleague from her so-called party. And she says, Oh well, the other colleague, oh, she could
0: vote against it. You know um, this giving out money and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Is this the bread bit of bread and circuses?
1: Uh, it, well, yes, I think. Oh, well, and circuses really. And circuses, yeah. I mean, yeah. Really. I oh. mean it, it, you
0: you know, in 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 Macau, where
1: where they also have vast budget surpluses. Apparently, they have some sort of gambling goes on there, and they get taxes from that i i don 't know the details of it, but the broad picture is gambling taxes money um they They regularly give out uh, money to the citizenry and well that's provide, it needs washing but. well <laughs> and provide the most dismal public services because they can 't be it to yeah. to actually sit down and do some proper infrastructure planning over there, although Did you know what? They're going to get a bridge soon.
0: Oh, gosh. Let's come back (laughs) to that. I want to say hello to John. He says, I'm surprised that Steve... Well, he hasn't yet, John. Steve didn't mention the controversy surrounding the omission of Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong with a high degree of autonomy. In uh, Li Kang's speech. he says, with she who must be a potentially outranking Dung, the architect of One Country, Two Systems, could our president for life deposit that concept on the ash heap of history? Well, John, you wouldn't be the first to say that. Well... He, he 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 has a point. I mean, normally that the
1: work report always mentions high degree of autonomy, and then there's the other phrase, "Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong." Mm-hmm. But now, <laughs> if he's been paying careful attention, um, which I, I, I'm sure being a rthk listener yep. they're, they're more erudite than the average person let me tell you that here and now and if that ain't shameless i don't know what is um but if you've been paying careful attention you will know that the new line coming out of beijing is ah, autonomy um, we're, we're, we're so over that and, and in fact it's just like independence it's just like calling for independence Li Fei, who's the um in charge of the basic law um uh, reinvention committee I think it has another name but that's basically what it does it's 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 we'll keep changing the basic law until we get it right um, he he's already said you know advocacy of Hong Kong autonomy is the same as advocacy yeah. of, of independence so the line is changing in a very dangerous way I don't think it's even vaguely an accident that Lika Chang didn't mention it in his speech and I must say I that there's people who I respect who I've heard on no lesser place than RTHK, commentators, who said, oh, you know, you mustn't make too much of this stuff, you know. Sometimes they mention it, sometimes they don't. Actually, that's just not true. They have always mentioned it Down to the finest hair these things are designed. And, you know, you think these speeches, they're not sort of off the cuff. That, That Mr. Lee, he wasn't ad limig up there on the stage. That speech had gone through...
0: More hands than, you know, the average octopus has. Let's take this whole thing about the no-term limits thing just for, just for a few seconds here. So anybody who does that kind of thing is most definitely a legacy person. And some of the people we've been mentioning today, the, the history's great leaders or not-so-great leaders, if he is a big legacy meister... He's going, to be one of, he's going to want to be the guy that brings Taiwan back into the fold, I'm assuming.
1: Well, I think Taiwan is high up on the agenda. Oof, um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and the question is, is it high up on the agenda for military action? Is it high up on the agenda for, for, for various forms of pressure which fall just short of military action? Or is it high on the agenda for collaboration? Now... Because the government in Beijing has ordered no further contact with the um, DPP government in in Taipei, obviously negotiation isn't on top of the agenda. So that leaves the two other possibilities as a live prospect. I mean, you, you think nobody in their right mind would want to start a war over the future of Taiwan.
0: Well, face i'm doing a face yeah (laughs) i know
1: let's see about that i mean in 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 a rational world and of course in a world where the leaders of um china were constrained by some form of accountability
0: that wouldn't be a prospect but that isn't the case so hong kong still remains as this sort of lab rat in a way because really it seems that the real big deal is taiwan we want it back and that's all we want it one country two
1: systems which we Keep talking about was of, for, of course devised by Deng Xiaoping for Taiwan, not for Hong Kong. It was it was afterwards when there didn't seem to be much going on on the Taiwan front. said, I'll tell you what, tell you what, they we can use give, that for Hong Kong. That. We can use that for Hong Kong. So you know, um, one country, two systems. Quite obviously, is is a slogan, and it has empty reality because it it's does, one country, really. one country. But but there is, and you know even. People who are cynical, that wouldn't include me, of course, but even people who are cynical would say, well, you know, there is still remnants of the two systems part of that equation, and that is actually true. There are remnants of it. But by the day, by the day, those remnants are being challenged. It's like this avarice, isn't it? Well, it's avarice, and it it is, I mean, it is all of a piece. If you're centralising power, which is definitely what Xi Jinping is doing, if you are increasingly rounding up anybody who is opposed to you, albeit under the guise of an anti-corruption campaign, if you are making sure that your entire leadership um, uh, cadre is loyal, personally loyal to the leader rather than loyal to anything else, you're moving in one direction. And history isn't kind to the consequences of that kind of movement. History isn't kind to leaders who remain... In place for too long. I mean, the, the one of the reasons why the Chinese Politburo, in its wisdom, and it was in its wisdom, decided after the Mao era that they didn't want a leader hanging on for more than 10 years, which is the two terms, is they knew what happened in China. They knew exactly what happened in China under Mao Zedong when Precisely this endless period of rule, and remember he ruled until he died, um, had consequences which left, and this is not an exaggeration by any means, probably more people dead than under any other dictatorship, if you count in the Great Famine, the Cultural Revolution, etc., etc. Mm. So, you know, there, there was a reason why that. that Tone limitation was brought in and there is a reason why it's disappearing and anybody who's foolish enough to think that when the vote comes at the end of the week it might go either way more and more people are using the word emperor well, uh, not in China, because if, no, if you put that on a chat chat room forum, it gets removed put, within if you, nanoseconds. If you put the word,
0: I don't know, Twix, on a, on a chat, that gets well, removed. Well, mind that's, you, that's, Winnie that's the no Pooh ra- is ra- also being removed from Chinese chat rooms. There's an interesting thing about emperors going around. Uh, somebody did a bit of analysis saying that of the 300-odd, um, a hundred of them died by natural causes, and the others, one way or another, were seen to.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's quite (laughs) staggering, isn't it? (laughs) Ain't it so? I mean, the the, the interesting thing about the modern age is that, that a lot of these people have actually remained in office for a very long time.